Hello, welcome back to 10 Minutes of Poetry, where I talk about and read the poems I love. Today, I'll be reading three poems by American poet Sylvia Plath, namely Morning Song, Tulips, and Old Lady's Home. The year is 1963. American poet Sylvia Plath had just died at the age of 30 from carbon monoxide poisoning. She had attempted suicide twice before, but both attempts failed. And this time, it succeeded. Plath is a poet who is known for her psychological complexity, and this complexity or edginess manifests itself in her writing, which tends to be labelled confessional. Confessional poetry uses raw and emotionally charged language to explore subject matter that was previously avoided in the public realm, for instance, mental illness. Taken together, the three poems that I have chosen trace the gradual yet inevitable sapping of life and vitality as one approaches senescence. Morning Song explores the ambivalent sentiments of a woman after labour. Morning should inspire hope, as life emerges in all its glory. Yet, the persona's attitude towards a child is that of ambivalence. She and her child, after all, are at different stages in life. One is just about to begin, while the other is sort of approaching her end. Love sets you going like a fat gold watch. Here is an awareness of mortality, and even a tinge of contempt for the newborn. I am no more your mother than the cloud that distills a mirror to reflect its own slow effacement at the wind's hand. Here lies the crux of the poem. By giving life to her child, she sees her effacement reflected back at her. The next poem, Tulips, also concerns itself with the recognition of one's own mortality and decrepitude in the face of something that seems to be brimming with life. In this case, it is not a newborn or even a human being that triggers her, but flowers, inanimate tulips which are personified to seem more animated by self-preservation than her, a helpless, bedridden convalescent. The persona and tulips is emotionally numb and tired of being alive. Indeed, she feels shame at being alive but not truly living. Yet, the flowers go from stirring resentment in her to reminding her of the will to live that is too inside of her. She writes, I am aware of my heart. It opens and closes. Its bowl of red blooms out of sheer love of me. The water I taste is warm and salt, like the sea and comes from a country far away as hell. To me, she is reminded of the beauty of life in this instance, even as she recognizes she is unable to live the life she wants to live, which is a healthy life. Her heart wants to beat on, resonating with the tulips and the sun, but her being alive yet not truly living seems to be applied worse than death, or, in her case, deliverance. The last poem, Old Lady's Home, it's a lesser-known poem of Plath's, but it is one that has left its mark on me. This is the line I remember vividly. And death, that bald-head buzzard, stalls in halls where the lamp wick shortens with each breath drawn. Aside from the marvellous personification of death as a bald-head buzzard and the brilliant lamp wick breathing dynamic, Plath also uses meter to convey a sense of finality in the ending with the three stressed monosyllables each breath drawn. Also, I feel like the words each and breath have open, airy endings, which contrasts with the closed ending and drawn. 
Old Lady's Home depicts a place that is nothing like home. It is a place of senescence, of loneliness, and of patient waiting for the Grim Reaper's scythe. Any time now. Morning Song Love set you going like a fat gold watch. The midwife slapped your foot soles, and your bald cry took its place among the elements. Our voices echo, magnifying your arrival. New statue. In a drafty museum, your nakedness shadows our safety. We stand around blankly as walls. I'm no more your mother than the cloud that distills a mirror to reflect its own slow effacement at the wind's hand. All night your moth breath flickers among the flat pink roses. I wake to listen. A far sea moves in my ear. One cry and I stumble from bed, cow-heavy and floral in my Victorian nightgown. Your mouth opens clean as a cat's. The window square whitens and swallows its dull stars. And now you try your handful of notes. The clear vowels rise like balloons. Tulips. The tulips are too excitable. It is winter here. Look how white everything is. How quiet. How snowed in. I am learning peacefulness. Lying by myself quietly as the light lies on these white walls. This bed. These hands. I am nobody. I have nothing to do with explosions. I have given my name and my day clothes up to the nurses and my history to the anaesthetist and my body to surgeons. They have propped my head between the pillow and the sheet cuff, like an eye between two white lids that will not shut. Stupid pupil, it has to take everything in. The nurses pass and pass, they are no trouble. They pass the way girls pass inland in their white caps, doing things with their hands, one just the same as another, so it is impossible to tell how many there are. My body is a pebble to them, they tend it as water, tense the pebbles it must run over, smoothing them gently. They bring me numbness in their bright needles, they bring me sleep. Now I have lost myself, I am sick of baggage, my patent leather overnight case like a black pillbox, my husband and child smiling out of the family photo, their smiles catch into my skin, little smiling hooks. I have let things slip. A 30-year-old cargo boat stubbornly hanging on to my name and address. They have swapped me clear of my loving associations. Scared and bare on the green plastic pillowed trolley, I watched my tea set, my bureaus of linen, my books sink out of sight, and the water went over my head. I am a nun now. I have never been so pure. I didn't want any flowers. I only wanted to lie with my hands turned up and be utterly empty. How free it is, you have no idea how free. The peacefulness is so big it dazes you, and it asks nothing, a name tag, a few trinkets. It is what the dead close on, finally. I imagine them shutting their mouths on it, like a communion tablet. The tulips are too red in the first place, they hurt me. Even through the gift paper I could hear them breathe, lightly, through their white swaddlings like an awful baby. The redness talks to my wound, it corresponds. They are subtle. They seem to float, though they weigh me down. 
upsetting me with their sudden tongues and their colour, a dozen red lead sinkers around my neck. Nobody watched me before, now I am watched. The tulips turn to me, and the window behind me, where once a day the light slowly widens and slowly thins, and I see myself, flat, ridiculous, a cut paper shadow between the eye of the sun and the eyes of the tulips, and I have no face. I have wanted to efface myself. The vivid tulips eat my oxygen. Before they came, the air was calm enough, coming and going, breath by breath, without any fuss. Then the tulips filled it up like a loud noise. Now the air snags and eddies round them the way a river snags and eddies round a sunken, rust-red engine. They concentrate my attention. That was happy playing and resting without committing itself. The walls also seemed to be warming themselves. The tulips should be behind bars like dangerous animals. They are opening like the mouth of some great African cat. And I am aware of my heart. It opens and closes. Its bowl of red blooms out of sheer love of me. The water I taste is warm and salt, like the sea, and comes from a country far away as health. Old Lady's Home Shuddered in black, like beetles, frail as antique earthenware, one breath might shiver to bits. The old women creep out here, the sun on the rocks, or prop themselves up against the wall whose stones keep a little heat. Needles knit in a bird beat counterpoint to their voices. Sons, daughters, daughters and sons, distant and cold as photos, grandchildren nobody knows. Age wears the best black fabric, rust red or green as lichens. At I'll call the old ghosts flock to hustle them off the lawn. From beds boxed in like coffins, the bonneted ladies grin. And death! That bald head buzzard stalls and halls with the lamp wick shortens with each breath drawn. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Plath is one of my favorite poets, and her writing is very impactful, so I highly recommend checking her out. You can find recordings of her reading her poetry on Spotify as well. Once again, send in your thoughts and poetry suggestions. Take care and thanks for letting me read you poetry. Mm-hmm.